Welcome to the Living Room Worship Podcast with your host, Crystal Luster. Join me in my living room right now so we can explore in a fresh way what worship looks like in everyday life. Amazing people, good evening. If you are tuning in for the first time, welcome to Living Room Worship. If you are a series regular, thank you so much for coming back. Um, I know that I started a new segment last week with a funny story, but judging by the nature of what I want to talk about today, I can't think of anything funny that has happened. Um, Not to say that laughter isn't needed. It is um, because it is medicine for the heart, like I said last week. But, um, you know, it's it's been a, a very sobering week with the loss of Kobe Bryant. Gianna Bryant, John Kerry and Alyssa Altabelli, Sarah and Peyton Chester, Christina Moser, and Ara Zobayan. I don't know if I mispronounced any of those names. I do apologize if I did, but I wanted to say all of those names because all of those lives were great. All of those lives were precious. And, um, you know, I, I want to pay homage. And it's funny I am not a huge basketball fan. I like the game of basketball. I think it's a it's a beautiful sport. I love what sports can do. I think some of the most powerful movies have been centered around a sport because sports teach us lessons, um, life lessons that can be applied long before, I mean, long after you leave a court or a field. Um, and I thought that it would be very fitting to talk about Kobe Bryant and the legacy that he's left and you know what he's most known for which is the Mamba mentality Um, it's what got him through difficult times it's what made him the player that he was and it is what people aspire to employ in their own lives because of the results that it got him as a person as a business person as a father and a husband as an athlete And it's funny, you know, me talking about Kobe Bryant and talking about uh, the Mamba mentality. I have only recently learned what this meant in light of his passing. I was not and have never really been a Lakers fan. I've never really been a Kobe fan. I was one of those fans that loved loved to, to hate him, not hate him as a person, but you know, I thought he was cocky and I'll be I'll be honest. I'm I'm just gonna be honest. If you're listening and you're a Kobe fan, don't be offended and don't click off. This is gonna end well. Trust me. Um, but listening to it, you know, listening to him and, and reading about him and who he was and just taking a look at it, um, you know, I always looked at how he played the game and, and I I really did. I felt like he was he was cocky with it. Um, but again, I'm not a student of the sport. Um, I would just kind of watch leisurely based on whatever guy I was dating at the time or to spend time with my brother or father or even now, you know, my husband is a huge Lakers fan. He's got Lakers bobbleheads and gear and all that around the house. And because I love him, I've even purchased some stuff for him because I love him. It's definitely because I love him. (laughs) If I haven't said that already, but, um, you know, looking at this and looking at the legacy, I mean, I've just been so completely moved by how he has impacted an entire world. I've been moved by what I've watched um, and, and what I've read about him in the last week. And just 
I wish that I would have spent more time getting to know Kobe the person and and reading about his story and and looking at the kind of father that he was and the kind of husband that he was. Um, It's truly inspiring. And I'm not sorry that I spent all those years being a Chicago fan and, you know, advocating for Chicago over the Lakers. Um, It's all fun and games. But I am sorry that I didn't get to know Kobe for who he is um, and who he was. And so I wanted to talk about the Mamba mentality. You know, we're here, we're in the we're in the the living room worship setting and thinking about where the Mamba mentality fits in with Christ. You know, where can faith intersect with the Mamba mentality? And there's a lot that I learned here. So I was reading this article on Hello Beautiful and there were a couple like three points that they they uh, pointed out within the Mamba mentality and I'm going to try my best not to make this seem like a sermon, although I'm sure there are plenty of sermons on Kobe going around right now. But, um, you know, what we do here, we just keep it really, um, really basic. And we want to just see how this applies to everyday life. You know, Sunday sermon was amazing, you know, left feeling charged, feeling like I can take on the week. And now, Monday is here. Work has started. People getting on my nerves. Things are going not the way that I was hoping for Monday morning. And, um, you know, we need some more inspiration. We need something fresh, something real that we can just put the pedal, put the pedal to the metal and just, you know, go for it. So Mamba mentality, right? It's coined by Kobe Bryant. The first point that they made that they made about it is hard work. Kobe Bryant is known to say that hard work outweighs hard work outweighs talent although hard work can too but that's a a different story for a different day hard work outweighs talent immediately off the top of my head I can think of several different scriptures that corroborate um, this idea that hard work outweighs talent right hard work is important and it's something that is not highlighted enough in the realm of Christianity but also just in general I think in the type of world that we live in especially being an American everything is microwaved it's real fast it's the faster and the easier the better you know if I can I I don't have time to try to wait for my hair to grow I'm just gonna wear a wig and there's nothing wrong with wigs but that doesn't solve the problem of your hair needing to grow um or you know I'm I don't feel like working out and being healthy I'm just going to get Botox and liposuction and eat whatever I want anytime you know I eat something I'm just going to get the fat sucked out of me um and that's no shade to anybody who has had any type of cosmetic surgery or anything I'm just saying that at that point it doesn't solve the problem it doesn't make you never gain weight again it may you know set you a lot closer a lot faster but it does not eliminate weight gain you know, nothing but hard work really creates lasting results. And one of the scriptures that comes to my mind immediately is Colossians 3 and 23. I just want to share a couple different translations. Um, The Passion Translation, it says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. The Amplified Version says, whatever you do, Whatever your task may be, work from the soul. That is, put in your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men. In the message version, 
It says, do your best. And don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, God, confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. I love this scripture for two reasons. One, because it really charges you. It just like punches you right in the gut and says, hey, no more status quo. No more, you know, just getting by. No more being complacent or doing you know, just the smallest bit, do your best work at whatever you do. It literally says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do. So if you're sweeping the floor, don't just, you know, get the places that can be seen, but sweep behind a couch or sweep, you know, under the chair. And I'm guilty of this. There are times where you have those lazy days and you just kind of slop it out. But like, what honor is there in that? Yes, even in sweeping, what honor is there in that? Let's say, you know, you never know what you could find. You never know what you may keep from happening. If you, you know, don't clean up very well and you miss a piece of food, now you've got a mountain of ants, you know, feasting and it becomes a pest problem. Or if you don't put your all into whatever it is that you're doing, loving your family, you can lose your family. If you don't put your all into loving them and you can live to regret that and nothing is worse than regretting something that you could have done something about, you know, that's, that's the worst part about regret. If you could have done better, but you didn't, and there's nothing you can do to change it. We should always do better. And a lot of times people will say, this is my second favorite thing about this scripture. A lot of times people will say, well, you know, I hate my job. I hate my boss. I hate the work that I do there. Well, if you're there now, um, one of my favorite quotes is grow where you're planted. If you're there now, grow where you're planted. Do the best that you can do there. Not because your boss is great, because if your boss isn't great, it's hard, right? You have to find your motivation. Like we talked about last week when we were talking about resolutions. Find your why. And the best why, of course, is to do it because you're representing God. God is excellent. And he's not asking for perfection. He's not asking for us to do everything right all the time because we're incapable of doing that. But when we do our best, when we give our best work, best does not mean without mistakes. Best means that we're we're doing our all. We're putting our heart and soul into it. We are operating out of excellence. We're being honorable we're being honest, we're being diligent. We're doing everything that we think needs to be done for it. And it's important because it makes you feel good about the work that you do. It makes you feel like you ever accomplished something. And even if it's not perfect, you know you put everything into it and you step back and you look at it. Like, I mean, let's let's be real. For those of us who love food, right? You you make a sandwich, anybody who has like a really good sandwich or really good burger, you look at that sandwich when you're eating it, just trying to figure out which bite you're going to take next. And if you're, if you're looking, if you're thinking about this, you're listening to it and you're laughing, you know exactly what I mean. You ever watch somebody who eats, they're just like rotating the sandwich, like looking, looking all around, they're admiring the creation of this sandwich, especially if you made it right. You just feel so good about it. Nobody sits and like stares at a bland piece of chicken and like frozen vegetables that was just boiled in water 
no no creativity put into it nobody sits and thinks oh what's the next bite I'm gonna take they're thinking like oh let me hurry up and stomach this you know but if you really put your all into it I mean you're looking at it you're savoring every bite you're enjoying it your body loves it right we have to do these things because that's what God desires he wants us to be great at things he wants us to work hard he wants us to be known for our diligence and for our excellence The second point that was made about the Mamba mentality is confidence. When compared to Michael Jordan, Kobe said, I don't want to be the next Michael Jordan. I only want to be Kobe Bryant. He knew who he was. And some would call this a cocky attitude. I, like I said earlier, was one of those people, especially coming from a place of not knowing his backstory or who he was as a person. But now the whole world, basketball fans or not, They're learning who he was. And we can look past this notion and just see Kobe for who he was. A great man who worked hard to be great. I don't believe that Kobe rested in his natural ability to be a basketball player. I believe that's what made him confident is that he rested in hard work. No matter how big his name became, he rested in hard work. It's said that... um, I was listening to a, an interview and they were talking about how I think it was Shaq who was having this big birthday party and everybody, all the team had like got into this, this limo that were going to have this party and they rode past the gym and they saw Kobe in the gym working out. And it's like when everybody else is partying, like, I don't care how many championships he won. I don't care how many um, games he won, all of, all of the accolades that were attached to his name. No matter what kind of accomplishments he had, it did not break his mentality of hard work. It did not break his his confidence of who he was. He he rested in the fact that he put in the work and it's just like muscle memory. You know, you do something long enough. It's just second nature. So, yes, if you're treating your body right, you're working out, you're doing what you need to do, then you go in and you win games, it's like muscle memory. Of course, you're going to keep doing what your body needs to do to perform and win those games. So I believe that as Christians, a lot of times we just think things will happen just because of faith. Like my pastor yesterday was talking about finances and he's like, oh, you know, we we just say things in faith and we think, poof, it's just going to happen. You know, um, I believe that this debt will be canceled in Jesus name, you know, supernaturally. And it's like, okay but pay your bills. (laughs) Stop going on shopping sprees. If you know that, you know, make a plan, budget, stick to the budget. Can that actually happen? Sure. But the God I serve want, the God I serve wants us to be involved. James 2, 20 through 26 talks about faith without works is dead. Too many of us subscribe to one, one or the other and not both at the same time. Either we are all faith and no works, we read the word but don't apply it, we go to church but remain unchanged, or we do so many quote-unquote great things. We give the homeless guy a couple bucks, we donate old clothes, we even tithe 10%, and we serve in every ministry where we live at the church, but we don't have real relationship with God. We remain unchanged, we have no faith, we don't have relationships with other people, we're just being there but we're not doing it we're not living it out faith and works are necessary because God wants a real relationship with us 
We have to learn and apply. It's not enough to do one or the other. How can you apply what you don't know? You know, and by knowing, I mean faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How can you apply? How can you do any works if you don't listen to the word, if you don't meditate on it and learn from it? And what good does faith do you if you're not applying anything? It's just going through one ear and out the other. James in chapter one, it talks about, you know, when you read the word and you walk away, it's like looking at yourself in a mirror and then walking away and you forget what you look like. We have to constantly be in the word that develops our faith so that we know who we are. And again, we're talking about confidence. And so just like in basketball, you can naturally, you can be naturally inclined to something like I believe Kobe was. And a lot of these talented basketball players are naturally inclined to be great basketball players, but that alone won't get you where you need to go. You've got to exercise those muscles. Like I said, you know, you've, you've got to have that muscle memory. You've got to stretch yourself. You've got to be challenged so that you won't be stagnant and so that you can keep up as things change and progress. What does this have to do with confidence? Aside from the muscle memory, when we have that real relationship with God where faith and works unite, we can confidently live knowing who we are. When tests come our way, we'll know who we are. We don't have to worry about, well, what am I going to do now? And, you know, what does this mean for my life? We will know what God says about us. And we have actions in place that reinforce what he says. So if he says, don't worry, because that won't add any life to your day, fear not because I'm with you. Then whenever test comes our way, because we have that faith, we can exercise that faith by saying, you know what? I'm not going to worry. I'm going to pray or I'm not going to worry. I'm going to do what I need to do in the meantime. You know, what does that look like? Well, maybe doing what you need to do means um, focusing on the last thing that he told you to do. If it's working on a project or, you know what, I'm struggling financially, but I'm going to sow a seed anyway. He never said only tithe when you have more than enough money. Or, you know, I'm going to um, be patient and love on some people when I'm feeling lonely because that's what we're supposed to do. You know, you, you love and it fulfills that love that you need. There are just so many different things that we can apply, so many ways that we can apply the word. And so um, we have these actions that reinforce what the Bible says. This doesn't mean to be cocky. The Bible says in Proverbs that pride goes before a fall. So how can we be confident without being prideful? That's a question that I asked quite a few times, especially when it came to considering the Mamba mentality and Kobe Bryant. You know, there's a fine line between confidence and cockiness or haughtiness or pride, whatever you want to term it as. It's all really the same thing when it comes to your pride, right? So what's the difference? Confidence is a knowing of who you are. It's not being threatened by what other people say or what they believe about you. It's trusting solely in things that are trustworthy and true and notable. Does that sound familiar? That's the word of God. Literally Philippians 4 and 8. If we're focusing those things and training our minds to think this way, then we will be confident because we know who God is and who he made us to be. If we're focusing on things that are notable and trustworthy and and true and pure and excellent, like God made you excellent. He made you 
as a as a good thing like you are his workmanship the bible says that um it, it's david who wrote in psalm 139 your workmanship is marvelous and how well i know it like we are his workmanship he created us these bodies that we made i mean think about it like our lungs fill with air and we are we're able to breathe in and breathe out without even thinking about it when times of danger come we get this extra adrenaline so that our bodies can perform and get us out of danger like our our bodies are are so just incredible I, I can't even begin to think about the fact that God like thought of all of these these things the nervous system I mean it's just it's crazy sorry I get a little sidetracked when I think about that because it's, it's just amazing like what our bodies can do just just our bodies you know and if we just think about the things that are excellent and true, even something like that, or think about the, the about nature, think about something good in your life. There, If you still have breath in your body, there is something good that you can think about. And that can give you confidence to know God is still for me. Even if things are hard, even if your situation is impossible, I believe that because there's breath in your lungs, that there is something excellent in store for you. Call it faith and do something with it. So you can train your mind to think this way and you'll be confident. And remember that God made us to be kind. Here's where we kind of talk about that line between confidence and cockiness. The thing about true confidence is that it motivates you to lift up others because you no longer feel like they can take what's yours. That's where cockiness comes in, right? If I think about all of the bullies that I ever ran into that were super cocky or you know thought that I'm gonna date myself a little bit here but that they were all that in a bag of chips right um it was because honestly they had insecurities that maybe I or or somebody else in class brought out of them and so they felt like they had to make others be lower than they were so that they can feel like they were bigger than they really were when you're confident you don't feel threatened by other people and it, it makes it okay, it gives you pleasure to build other people up because you want them to experience the freedom that you have. So that's how you know that it's confidence instead of cockiness. The Bible says in, in Romans 12 and 10, love one another as deeply as brothers and sisters, outdo one another in showing honor. We should be challenging each other in how, much more we can love one another like have a love contest you want to you want to compete out bless somebody that's what God wants us to do so he doesn't want us to shame anyone or put anyone down and I'm not saying that Kobe did that but I'm just saying like that mentality that confidence confidence not cockiness right if you if you're gonna boast the Bible says to boast in the Lord what does that mean just brag about what God is doing because if we're being really honest I know I'll speak for myself I believe that I am naturally gifted in a lot of creative capacities, but I know without a doubt, because I'm honest with myself, I know that the best part of me is God, that the, the best things that people love about me, it's all God because the crystal, the real crystal, the flesh crystal that I know, the crystal without Jesus is bitter and she has anger issues and she is impatient and she can be really unkind there are just so many things that I'm just so grateful that 
God puts his super on top of my natural and makes me better. That is going to be my quota of Christian cliche sayings for the episode, hopefully. (laughs) But seriously, I know myself. I know what my flesh intends to do. And that is why I choose to boast about who God makes me rather than who I'm naturally inclined to be. Um, just as a human, you know, our flesh, our, our natural inclination is pride. It's all about me. Think about kids. I love kids. I really, really do. The kids are all about me. We have to teach them how to share because naturally we come into this world is me, 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 me. I want, I want, no, I don't want that. I do want this, right? We have to train ourselves to be confident in God and then we can be ambitious enough to honor one another how can I outbless my brother and my sister and so the last point that is made is about killing everything this one was a difficult one for me to for me to stomach just you know with the the literacy of it um it's not just as a believer but as a human you know we're not like wild animals despite how some of us act take that as you may Our innate instinct is to love, not to kill. Just look at any baby. They reach out and they long to embrace. You know, babies don't come out the womb with, you know, knives. Talk about some, ah, I'm gonna get you. (laughs) You know, even though those nails can be pretty sharp. Parents, please cut your kids' nails. I'm just just saying. But anyway, um, you know, Kobe created this this alter ego, Black Mamba, during a low point in, in his career. He was struggling with an alleged scandal off the court and people heckled him on the court. The place where he felt most safe and loved was now a place that he felt more alone and lost than ever before. I don't know about you, but I can truly relate to that. Not the, you know, scandal off the court thing because I'm not a basketball player and I haven't been accused of doing things with girls. Um, But I can relate to... Feeling safe and secure in one place and then the roles just flipping and I just completely feel lost and insecure in that same place that I once felt like was home for me. That has happened on numerous occasions in different spaces. Most recently with music, most of you all know that I am uh, a musician and a a singer. In the last couple years, I've been really struggling to find my space on stage to find my space as an artist I've been struggling because of things that have been said to me that have been said about my ability to write and my ability to sing and my ability to play and I struggle a lot with that and it sometimes it just you know I could feel so free and so alive on stage and then other times I just feel so alone and so small and it is it is the most devastating thing to someone who you know, loves being a creator, loves being an artist. And so I can understand why Kobe came up with this alter ego, with this mentality where he still had a job to do. He had a family to take care of. There was one thing that he knew that he was good at and he wasn't gonna let this situation take that away from him too. We can all relate to that, right? Um, To be focused as a professional athlete, he created this Mamba mentality In an interview with Kent Babb from the Washington Post, uh, Kobe talked about this transition. Babb said that when Bryant returned to the court, the wholesome young athlete was gone. 
In his place was a man who could no longer convincingly portray innocence. And Bryant said that he felt free to reveal the darkness that had always lurked inside of him. So I want to break that down a little bit. Kobe used this battle that was going on inside of himself as fuel on the court. I can 100% agree with that. Yes, there have been times where I'm dealing with stuff at work, I'm dealing with stuff at home, and I get on that um on that stage. There have been numerous occasions I've been on the stage and I've played so hard that I've walked away with blisters, sometimes blood on my strings. I played so hard one day after my sister died that I had blood dripping down my guitar. I'm not saying that that was the best thing to do, but I will say that experience, that um, time of worship, I was uh, leading worship for a conference. It cost me something. And there was literal blood, sweat, and tears on that stage. And I used the anguish of losing my sister to help me to, you know, push out this worship that I I just needed to get out. So I, I get it. I can relate to Kobe, right? He was using this battle as fuel and it motivated him to be the best player. And I think, like I said, many of us can relate to this. One area of your life is on a struggle bus. You struggling real hard. And so you maximize on the success you have in another area. It helps your confidence. It helps boost your self-esteem. It helps keep you from giving up on yourself. At least you're good at something, right? I can't speak for Kobe and how saying this kill everything mentality affected other areas in his life. But I will say that I think it's very rare that any habit you have, good or bad, only affects one part of your life. As sophisticated as our physical bodies are, I don't think we're that sophisticated mentally where one habit doesn't affect another habit, good or bad. And I think this idea of letting darkness out, it's good if the goal is to expose the darkness to light so that it's no longer there. Call it naive if you want, but I believe that we all have the capacity to be lights in dark places. No matter what we've done, no matter where we've come from, no matter who we are, we are called to bring light. That's what I believe. And so I'm not sure what Kobe's intention was in saying kill everything. I know he he wasn't talking about his opponents, like he wasn't, you know, shanking people while he was dunking on them or anything. But I do believe that he was... um very ambitious, very gritty, very devoted and dedicated to being successful um, on that court and off the court, doing whatever he needed to do to get it done. So bringing it back to living room worship, should we be killers? Yes. Kill hatred, kill poverty, kill bigotry, kill pride. But be very careful not to kill the good things in the process. I really hate antibiotics. It's like, yeah, I have this awful infection and this fantastic body that God is fighting off. Go white blood cells because they're amazing. But my immune system needs help. And doctors are all like, take this drug that has these side effects that may make you feel even worse. But hey, I'm just practicing medicine. So let's see. Okay. My system personally hates antibiotics. They not only kill the bad bacteria causing the infection, but they kill the good bacteria needed to keep my body functioning properly. 
They kill everything, causing more problems. So what am I saying? What Black Mamba did for Kobe was help him to stay focused on the truth of the matter. He was putting in hard work, he had the skill, and he had the victory. And he helped the Lakers defeat teams in basketball. But he also defeated the insecurities that these personal problems created in his mind. That's what I believe Black Mamba did for him. But we have to be very careful not to kill everything. Be intentional about what you kill. I believe we have to use the truth to kill everything that's untrue. Which brings me back to the scripture that I brought up before. And this is what I want to leave you with. This is in the message version, Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the best, not the worst. I really want you to hear that. If you're struggling with depression, low self-esteem, if you're doubting who you are, who you're called to be, you feel like you don't know if you have what it takes to be a good person, to be a good father or mother, to be a good friend, to to be chosen uh, for a promotion or, or to be a business owner, whatever it is, I want you to retrain your mind. Adopt this mamba mentality in killing those lies and tell yourself, think about the best. Think about the fact that you're trying. Think about the fact that God says that he has a plan for you, good plans for you to give you a hope in the future. Meditate on that. Not what you did last week, not what you did 10 years ago, not what didn't work out, not what failed. Think about the good things, the best, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. This is Paul talking to the people that he was training, all of the people that he evangelized to and that he taught to teach the gospel. And he's he's teaching them the words of Jesus. He's teaching them the gospel, right? And so he's like, put this stuff into practice. This is what we were just talking about, faith and works. Put it into practice, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that. And God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. What does that mean, Crystal? We're here in the living room. We are not at church. I have no idea what that means. If you fix your mind on things that are true, fix your mind on these good things. See, the way that God created our minds and our bodies is that our bodies follow our minds. If you ever think about something Like think back on something that you constantly think about. Your body cannot help itself. It will figure out a way to get the thing that you're thinking about. That's why it's very important to be mindful about what you're listening to, what you're watching, when you're trying to stay pure. Because if you're exposing yourself to those things, your body is going to want it and it's going to find a way to, to get it. If I'm thinking about cookies, rest assured, at some point, some way, somehow, I'm going to have cookies and I'm really, really trying to eat less snacks, y'all, so that I can look like a snack because it's, you know, that's a whole thing. We'll we'll talk about that. But (laughs) in real life, though, like if we think about these good things, our bodies will naturally gravitate toward those things. We'll do more. Kobe thought about good work, hard work, victory. So his body did what was necessary to attain those things. 
And if we put these these things into practice, if we put the the amazing um, teachings of Christ into practice, and it's practical stuff, guys. It's it's being kind. It's being honest. It's working hard. It's loving one another. It is being obedient to God. These are the the things that God wants us to do. These are the things that Christ teaches us. Being diligent, right? If we do these things, then God will work us into his most excellent harmonies. It means that God is going to put us into a place that we need to be. When you're in harmony, you're right where you need to be. It it sounds beautiful. It looks beautiful. It's glorious. It's majestic. Think about basketball. Think about all of the championships that Lakers, that the Lakers won, right? They were in harmony, meaning that they, every, every player on the team was in position, knowing where he needed to be. They ran these different uh, practices. They ran these different plays and that's what won them the game. They didn't just stand out there and make a couple shots and then they won. They had to have the offense. They had to have the defense. They had to know what kind of plays to run. They had to understand the language, how to communicate with one another. They were in harmony with each other. And that led them to championships time after time. And so I want to challenge you this week in in honor of the legacy that Kobe Bryant has left behind in honor of the legacy that all of those people that were on the plane have on on the helicopter that have left behind I want to challenge you to really embrace this mentality of working hard being confident in who God says that you are and killing the lies with the truth so I want to say a quick prayer as I do. And if, in case you're wondering, I will be bringing back, um, you know, worship and and actually singing as well. Things have been really crazy busy. I got some announcements to make some things that are um, going on even more announcements. So many things. I'm just, I'm really excited. Ah, there's excited. But anyway, God, I just thank you. And I praise you for whoever is listening right now. God, I thank you that your hand is on them. I thank you that your hand is on their heart. Father, if they're dealing with anything that is causing them grief, um, if they are grieving even even Kobe's death or anybody that um, that passed on that helicopter guide, I especially lift up the families of those who passed on. And I pray, oh God, that you just continue to heal hearts, Lord. Your word promises that you are a comforter, that you are very present help in a time of need. And I ask that you would just be a comfort in this time when things don't make sense, when this accident or any other accidents just doesn't make sense, oh Lord, I pray that you would just give us comfort and give us peace that surpasses all understanding. And God, I just pray that you would ignite a fire in us to go after with reckless abandonment everything that you have called for us to do. I know that you have purpose for each one of us, whether we have celebrity or not. And God, I ask that you would just continue to Help us to meditate on the truth of your word. You call us good. You call us worthy of the sacrifice of your son. You call us important. You you made our bodies and you made man and you said, this is good. You knit us together in our mother's womb, oh God, and you said, this is good. You call us loved. You call us special, Lord. And I just pray that you would kill every lie that would tell us anything different. 
Father, I pray that every lie of the enemy will fall on deaf ears, Lord, that whenever we are out about in this world, oh God, even when we're talking to ourselves, that we would only speak and resonate on the things that are true and lovely and lovely and notable and, and pure and, and excellent, oh God, everything that is um, resembling you and who you are because we're a reflection of who you are God and like my mom used to always tell me when I was young you know God don't make no junk <laughs> so and you don't God you don't you make us good um, your workmanship is marvelous and and how well we know it God so I just pray that you would help us to know it and to really embrace it help us to embrace the power and the capacity that we have to kill lies help us to embrace the power and the capacity to be disciplined and to work hard and to be confident because you are our father and we can trust you we can trust everything that you do we can trust your promises we can trust your word when everyone else is speaking out against us we can know that you are for us and if you are for us who can be against us, God? And so I pray right now, Father, even for those who may not know you just yet, oh God, who who are new to this whole faith thing and they're just kind of testing it out and they just decided to come into a living room because it's less intimidating than trying to go to a church or maybe they've been hurt by the church and they just need to be healed in that manner so that they can stop believing the lies about themselves or about what church is supposed to look like, God. I just pray that you would just continue to heal our perspectives, heal our hearts, heal our minds, and just awaken in us the passions of your purpose for us, awaken in us the truth like never before. I just thank you for your presence. I thank you for your kindness, for your goodness, and I thank you for your plan and your purpose for us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Um, I love each and every one of you. Please, 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 please. Just continue to tune in. Share this podcast with somebody you think would appreciate it. Subscribe if you haven't already. And reach out. I'm serious about that. If you guys have questions or you want to share a praise report or you want to share um, something good that's going on with you or if you want to share you know, a prayer request that you need some help with, I am here. And I do this really out of just the love of being able to share and being able to be obedient to what I believe God called me to do through this podcast. So I will talk to you all next week. Gearing up for Valentine's Day, I have a very, very special episode. It's going to be so much fun. A great conversation. Seriously, tune in and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. I really want to connect with you. So please find me on any social media at Crystal Luster. That's spelled Christ, A-L-L-U-S-T-E-R. And please consider leaving a review for my podcast and maybe subscribing and sharing it with some people so that we can all learn and grow together. I truly value your support and I value you as a person. So if you have any questions, comments, or you just want to connect and maybe share some things with me, definitely don't hesitate to reach out. I'm here for you. Until next time, say it with me. I am loved, I am destined for greatness, and I have the capacity to worship intimately. Have an amazing week.